0: Welcome to Regulars Anonymous, with host Zachary Landry, sitting down with the people who are standing in line behind you at the grocery store and hearing what they have to say. So, how was your morning?
1: It was good. I got up and did my stretches for my achy lower back, and uh, went and did my morning bus run, and went for a walk at the dog park with my bestie and. Went home and made a tea, and now I'm here.
0: Dope.
1: Yeah. What about yourself?
0: Uh, Basically, remembered that this was at 10 and not (laughs) at 11. (laughs) So, get set up and take it easy, have some coffee. There you go. Pretty chill morning.
1: Caffeine is life.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) So, what happened to your back?
1: Um, I had been injuring it all the time, just taking relatively simple bumps with wrestling, like just a typical snap suplex. And I would just come down kind of harder on one side than the other. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was just like pinching nerves or like a muscle was tightening up or something, but it actually turned out, um, I made friends with my chiropractor here in town and he's a big wrestling fan and sports fan extraordinaire. So we instantly hit it off. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was at my show where I got hurt and he saw me the next morning for an adjustment and he's like, yeah, you slipped a disc in your back. So all that time I thought I was just like angering a muscle. I had been slipping discs in my back all willy-nilly. So yeah, I just actually saw him Sunday afternoon for like two hours of treatment. And he's kind of helping me get on the mend. So maybe I can fall down again.
0: Yeah. Excellent. When was your last match?
1: Oh my gosh. I think I hurt myself June. It was like June 7th or July 7th, two summers ago. And then I thought I had mended myself and then I'd done a couple more matches I think later in the summer maybe early fall and then I haven't wrestled since then so like this summer early fall will be two years since oh, I had oh. a match or took any bumps or had any fun in regards to wrestling
0: yeah. <laughs> you didn't take like a like a, a side gig in the promotion as just like no. a, a manager or I role. actually
1: started out as a manager um I started going to local shows back home in Halifax and mm-hmm. I was like wait a minute I've been a wrestling fan my whole entire life and I didn't know there was like just indie wrestling shows all over the place so I started going to um like the old form okay in that yeah. like larger room that they have I don't know how familiar you are with Halifax and its venues and whatnot mm-hmm. um but yeah I started going there just to a couple shows and I'd Met a couple of the wrestlers and one of them was like, I want you to be my manager. You would fit perfectly with my gimmick. (laughs) He was very much of like a HBK, Shawn Michaels kind of like he had me come out with the mirror so he could like primp in the mirror and shit. It was so funny. So yeah, just through (laughs) like meeting some of the local crew, um, one of them was like, I want you to be my manager. And then I got into it and like within my first match managing, I was like, I want to get trained and I want to be in there and I want to do that shit myself. And then after a couple months going back and forth to St. John, New Brunswick to work with a promotion up there mm-hmm. and manage one of their wrestlers. Because as soon as he met me, he was like, okay, well, you need to come up to St. John like once a month. So I made the five-hour <laughs> trip there back from Halifax to uh, St. John, New Brunswick and then was managing him for a while. And then it was always the joke like, oh, you should just move up here so we can train you. And mm-hmm. then eventually it just happened. I moved from Halifax to St. John and that was in... I think 27, no, that timeline doesn't make sense. I was 27 years old, so when you start, <laughs> that's when, how when you I started? remember That's how I remember, because yeah, I ended up, like I said, it was just kind of like a joke back and forth, like, oh, you come up here so often, you should just move here and then we can get through training faster, because mm-hmm. at first I was just going up to manage shows, and then once I was like, well, I'm only getting a little teeny bit of training like sporadically here and there, just from like training in Halifax with some of the dudes at the gym and then anytime like I'd go up stupid early before a show like I'd leave Halifax at 5 a.m so I was there for like 10 yep, 11 yep. and then I'd train all day before the show but I was only uh, able to get like so little training in it was going to take me forever to actually like get ready and do matches yep. um, but yeah I moved to St. John New Brunswick and then a couple months later I ended up getting an opportunity I think I trained from September right through the fall and all winter and then i think february sometime was my first match and i drove down with a carload of boys and we did a a ucw show at um oh my gosh where was that somewhere in spryfield (laughs) (laughs) and how'd it go um it went okay i always found i would get like super in my head Mm -hmm. and then that is never a good recipe for anything to really go super successfully but it could have been worse yeah. But it, it went pretty good. And I think it was a lot of just like first time jitters, like training is so different from having the crowd there. Cause literally if the crowd wasn't there, we would just be weirdos and spandex wrestling for a belt with no pants. Like it yeah. would just be all kinds of strange. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't make any sense. And like, there's so much that you can like play off the crowd and do like a lot of improv stuff. Like,
0: Absolutely.
1: So much. It but yeah, it, it was a little bit, I was on the struggle bus for the first little while, but I just found, uh, the more I did it, the less I was in my head. And then it was just like actually still kind of learning a little bit on the fly. Cause there's only so much I learned in six months of training,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but yeah, how it was long a lot is a fun.
0: typical training camp?
1: Um, well, I didn't even know you could just like be a pro wrestler until <laughs> I met those guys at that local <laughs> show. Isn't was it like, wild? I've been a wrestling fan <laughs> since I was a child and you mean I can just be one what so yeah I think I moved in September and I did like six months solid like we did like four or five hours a day like four to five days a week and I was all boys so the boys just beat the ever-living shit out of me all the time like I never actually learned how to do a chop but the boys would just line up and like chop the life out of me and then I realized like come match time I'm like wait I've taken a lot of jobs, but I don't think I actually know how to like effectively do one. (laughs) I don't know if just giving the old, woo, when you do it is good enough, but yeah, I feel like everywhere's a little different because a lot of different promotions will do like a little school on the side. Mm -hmm. So, and a lot of them like say out here, there's one in Edmonton, if I'm not mistaken, that just will allow you to do like a drop in. So if you know they're there training, you can just drop in and like pay 10 or 20 bucks and like roll around in the ring and but I think everywhere is a little different because it's all indie promotions if you have a ring and you rent venues and and no wrestling contacts you can have a wrestling promotion yeah I just never realized that until my mid to late 20s
0: <laughs> and would you have gotten into it earlier had you known
1: absolutely yeah absolutely that was one of the main reasons I wanted to get into it because as much as like there's those wrestling fans out there that know like Every like high spot from every match from every pay per view for like 20, 30 years back, and like everything currently. The I always, keepers. right? Like I know wrestling, I'm pretty privy to a lot of, a lot of stuff. But for me, it was always like, I would always think about how like certain storylines or certain characters or certain things would like make me feel and like, I want to go in there and I want to make people feel shit and I want to make them laugh and just be this stupid heel that's doing all this ridiculous stuff and just pop in the crowd. It's so much fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is being the heel is the best part, right?
1: 100%. And I had to be, because I came up with a girl, she was like 14 or 15 at the time, and she was just starting to do training. I think I started like a couple weeks before her. She was kind of just starting in Halifax as I was kind of moving to New Brunswick. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like the very well-known in the indie wrestling community, baby-faced little freaking 16-year-old. So, of course, I had to be the heel, <laughs> <laughs> which after shedding my my bubbly and very energetic personality it was kind of hard at first mm-hmm. but then once you kind of find your little niche then yeah it's so much fun like being a baby face is fun because you get to clap everybody's hands and oh everybody's cheering for you and but be- being a dummy and like doing stupid heel shit and making people laugh so much better yeah so much better it's easy to make people love you i want to make people hate me
0: i think it's i think it's easier like finding creative ways to get people to hate you right right that's fun
1: instead of just being like an irredeemable bitch (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. that's dope lots of fun so do you have a favorite match of your own that uh, kind of sticks out in your memory
1: a favorite match of my own (laughs) i'm just thinking back like matches past and just popping myself off of some of the ridiculous scenarios i found myself in Mm -hmm. um i feel like there was a couple tags that were really fun and then of course in a tag you have a little bit more room to play like especially like being a heel like at your corner waiting to get tagged in like there's a little bit more like freedom to kind of play with the crowd a little bit and kind of feed off them and be like really hyper aware of it um i remember wrestling uh persephone vice on this big long tour that we used to do there's a company in winnipeg that does like a six week long tour and they start in winnipeg and they work their way west and they wrestle for like five days to a week in every province on the way to bc and then they stop for four or five days in every province on the way back and then they go to thunder bay and do like a bunch of shows in in and around ontario and it's a crazy, ridiculous circus of a mess of just, like, driving to a town, setting up the ring, falling down in it, packing it back up, and sleeping on somebody's random floor or like, a shitty hotel. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there was a, a few matches that I had with Persephone Vice. She's out of Ottawa that were really fun because she was a lot bigger than me. She mm-hmm. was really tall, and I'm only, like, 5'5", 130 pounds, and she was a lot bigger than me. So that dynamic... And, like, I was the heel and she was the baby face. So it was interesting, like, how uh, we made our matches work to kind of play off of, like, the dynamic that we had with our size difference. But, yeah, she was always a lot of fun to wrestle. And I wrestled Madison Miles, like, a million times. And she's my home girl, so... <laughs> that's always really fun too <laughs> just any matches where like the on the fly things that i'm thinking and feeding off the crowd like just went super over and like made everybody pop like that's mm-hmm. the stuff that i love and then of course you always got to do stuff to pop the boys you're always going to go out there and try to do something that's going to have everybody behind the curtain just like busting a gut uh,
0: okay okay so you play little, yeah, yeah yeah you play to the you,
1: you gotta pop the boys too <laughs> <laughs> So much
0: fun. <laughs> I love it. That was what I found fascinating because we spent, uh, it was a couple summers ago, we got like season tickets to all the shows at the Memorial Center. Nice. So we were going weekly and it was fun to learn how much the audience actually kind of dictates what's Dude, happening.
1: 100%.
0: And just from a, a standup background, it's, I like how you improv on the fly. And roll with it and, and see what happens. And, and
1: It's so much fun. And then it just builds and you're like, I never expected this to happen. Absolutely. What situation have I gotten myself into? I was actually doing a show. Oh, my God. I think it was somewhere in Nova Scotia. I'm pretty sure. I don't think it was... In PEI. I'm pretty sure it was Nova Scotia. I just can't remember the actual venue. Um, <laughs> there's actually a clip of it online, and it's hilarious. I re-watch it every now and then. There was all these kids in the crowd, <laughs> and it was like an outdoor show, so we're all out, like, schwitzing like puddings at picnics in the sun, and... Work at my match. I don't even remember who I was actually working that day. I just remember all these kids. And I was giving these kids shit from like the minute I came out of like our makeshift <laughs> curtain in yeah. this field outside. And I was just giving them all shit. And like one of them had this like Santa Claus blanket. And I was like, it's summer. Why do you have a Santa Claus blanket? and (laughs) i just like roasted these kids and gave it to them the whole match like any opportunity i had like through being super blown up and trying to focus on my match i was just giving these kids absolute hell and at the end there's the video online you'll see them all swarm me Mm -hmm. because i think i did i i think i like went over dirty like i won with something dirty like a junk punch or like a roll up pull the tights or something i i might have lost but for some reason i feel like i went over dirty that match as any good heel Uh, potentially should should and can (laughs) and all these kids just swarmed me and they were all over me like i'll try to find the link (laughs) of the video and send it to you because it's absolutely wild but outdoor shows are super fun because it's such a different dynamic yeah other than the being a sweaty beast thing and like melting but yeah it's a lot of fun
0: Sweet. So, oh, man.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> we barely know each other, so this is like information overload. You're getting to know so much about the inner workings of my my wrestling mind and just me as a human. So, oh, it's great. Have fun.
0: <laughs> oh, perfect. Ha- have you ever made a kid cry?
1: Yes. <laughs> there was a little girl. I think it was in New Brunswick somewhere. It was definitely in the Maritimes. I just can't remember exactly where but oh my gosh she had this sign and I think it was for my opponent and I'm pretty sure I like leaned over the rope and I said something along the lines of like you put that sign down you don't cheer for her like I'm the best like I'm I'm it I'm what's up and this little girl just like turned away from me and looked at her mom and then turned back and her eyes were just (laughs) streaming with tears and I'd kind of like say to the ref I'm like oh my gosh I just made that little girl cry the little girl inside me is going to cry right now because like I'm a very sensitive emotional creature and like I'm sure I have well I know I have healy parts of my personality but for the most part I I, I can be quite lovely but yeah it just broke me and I think there was another time that I'd made another little girl cry but I can't remember that exact scenario but that one sticks out in my mind I was and like you put that sign down, and she just was like, oh. <laughs> "So timid." It was like, "Oh my gosh, Brad! I just made that little girl cry." So much fun.
0: What about the opposite? Any any little girls super big fans um, love you. <laughs>
1: there was a very few times that I played Babyface, and oh. even when I was heel, I had a couple little cuties in um, in a town in New Brunswick. Then I can see the venue in my head. Just the name of said towns escaping me. <laughs> so many venues all over the country yikes um but yeah I even when I was a heel I had these pretty hardcore fans that would like always make posters for me and like they'd spend the day before the show like with their dad playing with glitter and crayons and markers and making all these amazing posters for me so yeah there was definitely a couple instances where it touched my pagey heart for sure
0: that was the, honestly one of the funnest things, was making signs to go to just the local events. Dude, Because yes. <laughs> it got to the point where we would just make like 20 of them and hand them out to people. Yes. And <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: really get into it.
1: Oh, that makes me think of, I think we were wrestling for CWE in doing that long, like six week, like cross two thirds of the country tour. Mm-hmm. And... There was a referee that also did a little bit of wrestling, but he mainly refed on that tour. And I was, oh, I, have a, I think I told you before, I have a lot of irrational, like, sports hatred.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> so, like,
1: I hate LeBron James, and the, it's <laughs> irrational, so I can't explain <laughs> to you why. But all the boys found this out, and then they kept, like, ribbing me and teasing me about how... LeBron James was going to be in Space Jam too, and I like boycotted that movie and I refused to watch it and I won't never watch that movie because I hate LeBron James and there should only be OG Space Space Jam Jam. and that is it. That's all I'm (laughs) going to say on that. But this guy, oh my God, his sense of humor and his personality is just so amazing. But he made a bunch of signs that were like, zwicker loves lebron or like lebron for space jam 2 and he planted them in the crowd <laughs> so you see them so during match. i had no idea <laughs> i come out in my entrance trying not to break character and i'm just like you son of a there was even a time he was refing one of my matches and he handed me a note right before he kind of like called for the bell to be rang And I opened it up and it said something, something about LeBron James and Space Jam 2. I can't remember what it is, but I know I have that note at home. (laughs) But just different stuff like that. Like I said, you got to pop the boys. Yeah. You got to. Part of the gig.
0: <laughs> well, it sounds like everyone has a good time on it.
1: <laughs> so much fun. Like, there's a lot of, like, there's a saying in wrestling, cards subject to change. And that is, like, a all indie wrestling. And I'm sure even, like, in the Fed and, like, bigger promotions, I'm sure that's that's a thing. Like, yes, you, you're going to have people that don't show up, whether they get in an accident or their car broke down or they are stuck with, like, inclement weather or something. But it's just literally to do with everything like card subject to change you don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. you might like be driving in the ring truck and like a freaking tire blows on the ring truck or you might show up at a venue 3 hours late and then have to put up the ring in your wrestling gear with your sweatpants on and like there's just there's so many ridiculous things that can happen on the road, but mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't trade it for anything because the fun and the experience and the camaraderie and just like shooting the shit with the boys all the time, mm-hmm. so worth any unpleasant situations you might deal with.
0: <laughs> well, and that saying seems to lead into the amount of improv that there is in it, uh, totally. which was not something that I was really aware of, but I- Because c-
1: wrestling's real. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Absolutely. I think, what was it? in The, the Ric Flair 30 for 30? 30, oh, when, when, he, when he says, like, so it's scripted, but it is real. Yeah.
1: yeah. And like, that's what I always say to people when they say the F word. That wrestling's fake. One, I just want to, like, <laughs> chop them across the chest and be like, how fake was that, mofo? Like... There's there's definitely some scripting happening and it's you got to think of it like wrestling's like a story. Mm. And when you tell a story, you have like your protagonist and your antagonist, like your good guy and your bad guy, and there's a conflict. And then it's like so a wrestling match is kind of like you're almost telling a story throughout your match between the two characters. And some people like to plan out a decent amount of stuff and some people like to go more on the fly and just talk about a couple spots or Like it's it's crazy because you could have something planned and go out and the crowd doesn't give two shits about it. So then you kind of got to try to figure out something on the fly to do to get them back into it.
0: Mm -hmm. Because
1: like I said, without the crowd, we're just a bunch of weirdos wrestling for a belt with no pants on. Yeah. So (laughs) and that's
0: where I find that's probably the thing most similar to uh, stand up is you need that audience interaction. For sure. If you're just up there telling jokes, You're just or talking telling to jokes, <laughs> and, and no one's laughing, <laughs> exactly. Air quotes, telling <laughs>
1: jokes. See, when you said you were doing shows over there, I didn't realize that you actually did stand up. That's totally yeah. dope.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, the Thursday night shows. Cool. Yeah. yeah. You'll
1: have to send me like some links so I can hee and haha at you.
0: Oh yeah. I've got good links and I've got a really bad one. I'll take anything.
1: Same with my matches. I have I have decent ones and then I have the really really bad ones. But as long as you don't really react to it and you can low-key recover it, like the crowd doesn't know what you had planned. so No, exactly. As long as you're not hurting anybody and the crowd's into it, that's a successful match as far as I'm concerned.
0: Cool. That's a good mentality because there is a lot of, uh, when I'm watching someone on stage and you can tell that the crowd's getting to them. That like they've already lost. Yeah. At that point, whereas if they just maintain their cool and shift lanes a little bit, go this direction instead of whatever they had planned out. Yeah. So I really like that, like a card subject to change. For sure. There's not enough people really apply that in a lot of things that they do. It
1: applies to pretty much everything in life. Like it it originated, at least my understanding of it and my introduction to the Mm -hmm. saying or concept was via wrestling but it applies to so many different things like i'll have plans to do something and like somebody will cancel or something will happen and i'll just literally just audibly say out loud i'm like oh card's subject to change (laughs) (laughs) you never know what's gonna happen especially when you're trying to coordinate like all these different cities and going to these different towns and like six vehicles and 40 people and like it's fun
0: (laughs) so it really does seem like any of the like that the the wrestling world is a much smaller world when you start realizing... Uh, that's a good way to use my words here.
1: <laughs> words are hard.
0: They <laughs> yeah, are. That's partially why I'm doing this. How close is the the independent promotions to the Fed?
1: Well, I've never worked in the Fed, so mm-hmm. I can't exactly say... And I don't think I would ever want to work for Vince McMahon, even though I know he stepped back a fair bit. Like, I would just never want to be in that situation where you were told, like, who to be and what to wear and what tattoo you can't get. And, like, I don't overly do great with authority. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But more so in, like, what aspect?
0: Because, like, it's... Because for it's me,
1: it's just like a grander stage and like way more exposure and way bigger fan base. Yeah. But if you had like a certain area in which that you might be kind of asking about, then I might be able to oh, answer Like have you worked more.
0: with people who have worked in the Fed?
1: Yeah, like we would go on tours. Like I toured with Matt Hardy throughout the Maritimes. Um, out here, um, may he rest because he just recently passed Lanny Poffo, mm-hmm. Macho Man Randy Savage's brother. We toured with him and he was... An absolute delightful creature. I just loved Lanny. He was so amazing. We would just like sing songs and he'd tell me about all these like old poems and like talk about history and like I'm a nerd for that stuff. So like I just loved it. Um, I did a tour with Psychosis with... um, Who else? Oh, I toured with um, Jake the Snake back home and Honky Tonk Man. And yeah, there's been like a, a decent fair bit of like legends as i'll say
0: when you get to that point of you're performing with people that you watched growing up i think that's what puts it what i consider small how
1: yeah oh for sure because i feel like once you're in the wrestling community in that sense like you're one of the boys like you're you've trained you're doing matches you're You got your merch at the frickin' merch table. You're doing all the things. I feel like, yeah, that definitely makes sense when you put it like that. Like, in regards to, like, the rest of the world outside of wrestling Mm. and how certain concepts and certain things would just be, like, unfathomable to them. (laughs) For sure. We got to get the whole card subject to change going worldwide and everybody can just roll deal with, deal it. with that because <laughs> change is hard even though it's good for us sometimes
0: absolutely it's I'm very rigid <laughs> are you
1: i can be very rigid Fair enough. i just like i know the way i like things done and then when things change it kind of like messes me up a little bit but oh
0: card subject to change is perfect for you then there we go you know?
1: philosophy to live by gotta, mean, my next tattoo you gotta there we go.
0: relinquish some of that control <laughs>
1: It's hard. Yeah. But I'm. it's weird because like I'm so outgoing and I'm for the most part pretty easygoing. But there is like certain areas in my life where I'm very like, this is the way things are done and I don't want to <laughs> change it. But if you pitch me a good idea, like I'll, I'll still try it because I'm always looking to improve as well. Mm-hmm. I'm painfully self-aware. So. <laughs> oh, that's good.
0: <laughs> Maybe not enough people are. It's true.
1: Yeah. The more you know, right?
0: Absolutely. So. Part of staying, like, oh, no, I guess not necessarily, because I was going to say you got to be in pretty decent shape to be wrestling. But is that always true? Because it seems like something that's pretty welcoming of all body types.
1: 100%. Like, I've wrestled with some really, really fit people, some really jacked people, some that aren't at all jacked or fit, <laughs> and they make it work. Yeah. <laughs> Like I've worked with big guys before and other than like getting blown up way easier and having like rubbish cardio, <laughs> they seem to be able to get through it. Like I worked with a guy, he's actually such a gem of a creature. Um, I worked with um, AJ O in Winnipeg and he's one of the like m- kind of top guys um, mm-hmm. with CWE that does that big, long kind of two thirds of the country tour mm-hmm. and He'll get up on the top rope and do a freaking moonsault and like land on people. (laughs) Like, it's wild. Some of the stuff I've seen that guy do, it's absolutely mental.
0: That's the thing, because it it doesn't take away from the athleticism of it. No. No, especially when you see that. And it's almost more uh, spectacular when you see that.
1: More impressive. Yeah. For sure.
0: Because in in your brain, you're like, well, I can see that guy doing it. (laughs) (laughs) But but this guy pulling it off, the, the hype is real.
1: Right? Yeah, I've seen some big dudes do some pretty impressive things. And even like when you're really super jacked and you have all these muscles, it's slightly more like constricting to do certain things. But then that's because you're always thinking of like the psychology of it and like, why you're doing what you're doing and like what would your character do and then if you're like a small girl wrestling a big girl or two small girls wrestling or like this really big jack dude and this tiny little guy like it's all about the psychology of like how it would work Mm -hmm. and then you just kind of got to modify a little thing along the way until it makes sense fair but yeah i've seen some big dudes do some crazy shit like aj's moonsault is ridiculous (laughs) like every time he goes up for it i'm just like oh my it's it's incredible
0: <laughs> now on the other side is there people like who would be some of the more athletic like over the top performers that you've worked with
1: oh man
0: like did you mention was it Jeff Hardy yeah oh, no well. Matt Hardy Matt Hardy yeah Sorry.
1: we toured with Matt and did a couple shows and he was still doing like a decent amount of stuff like mm-hmm. he's not as small and trim as he was when him and Jeff were yeah. doing the thing back then but he could still do some pretty impressive shit. And like, um, psychosis was still doing a decent amount of stuff. And like, he's not a young man any longer. I'm not going to go as far as to call him old, but he's not, he's not a young man anymore. And like when we toured with Hoovy, Hoovy was still doing like crazy things. Like, yeah, it's pretty insane. I'm trying to think of like some local guys that I would have worked with out here that are pretty intense. I know, um, Oh my God, I'm blanking on his wrestling name right now and I don't (laughs) want to like,
0: I don't want to like shoot,
1: I don't want to shoot name him right now.
0: Is that what it's called? Shoot name?
1: Yeah. So you have like your, your wrestling name and then your shoot name and then you have your wrestling job and your shoot job. So like my shoot job is working at Tribe and driving the bus. Yeah. But yeah, so everything's like a work or a shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yes, I just remembered his his, uh, wrestling name. He wrestled under Fantana, and he was like a masked character. And he would do some of the craziest, like high-flying, like super agile. Like he did some crazy stuff. I'm blanking on thinking of anybody out here because I haven't wrestled in like two years. So I'm just like going through all the past files in my brain of crazy, like acrobatic, really like fit on it guys out here. Nope, I got nothing. All right, fair well, enough. We can circle back if something pops pops then. into my brain. Card subject to change.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet. So, I guess like with the a with aging, at what point would you call it?
1: Well, seeing how I've been hurt and just feeling a lot of pain still the last couple of years, like, and I'm going to be 36 at the end of August. So I'm thinking in my brain, I'm like, well, if I don't get healthy and I can't wrestle again for a couple of years, I'm going to regret never getting strong enough to go back and do it because Mm -hmm. I I miss it so much. And I miss the boys and the camaraderie and being on the road. Like as much as, like I said, some parts of it are not ideal and like long car rides and cramped in there with too many people and... Uh everybody's snoring and stinky farts and like just all the things that happen on the road. Not Um, always glamorous, not always glamorous, especially indie wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, I would say like, for me personally, I know there's guys that are gonna wrestle themselves into the ground with careless disregard for their well being or their like long term health.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's that's on them. They can do that if they want. But for me, I I wanna be able to enjoy my my older years and not be super crippled up by all these bumps I took and like sketchy decisions I made and whatnot. So if I can get back either like this fall or next spring, mm-hmm. I would Go till 40 and then reassess. Yep. Like, if I'm still in wicked good shape, and if anything, it just might be like
0: what you need less. Yeah, oh, okay. like
1: it just might be like a little bit less wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of doing a six week long tour twice a year, maybe I only do like the Alberta or BC dates. Or instead of wrestling like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and some Sunday shows, maybe I just do like a Friday night. Mm-hmm. But just being away for a couple years, like I miss it all the time and I think about it and I still think of like funny character development things and funny spots I want to do and like things I want to throw at the wall and see if it sticks and makes people laugh. <laughs> mm.
0: You're still working it. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Uh, yeah.
1: Live the gimmick. <laughs> 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 That's another wrestling saying is, yeah, you got to live the gimmick.
0: Did, is there a favorite that you've met?
1: Favorite that I've met
0: say like more from like w- a bigger name yeah like from growing up watching that
1: well when <laughs> i always laugh whenever i think about this when i met jake the snake he asked me if he could kidnap me so that was kind of funny <laughs> just like you ever been kidnapped i'm like no jake the snake he's like would you like to be i'm like oh sweet lord <laughs> s.o.s and I'm trying to think, oh, we wrestled, uh, we toured with Tatanka back home too. And he was trying to be fresh, but I wasn't left <laughs> happened. Um, but favorite, I'd say there was some really good talks with Matt Hardy. Like we were in some shitty motel room just drinking after the show, just hanging out, shooting the shit. Yeah. And he was like telling us old stories from the fed and just like giving us lots of really good advice. And I would probably say Matt Hardy is probably my favorite bigger name that I I got to tour with. Those were only, like, short little tours, though. Like, we had so much fun with psychosis driving across the country. Like, he had this saying, like, something would go wrong. It was almost like his interpretation of card subject to change. Like, like a vehicle would be late and we'd be missing half the crew or, like, a tire would blow on somebody's vehicle or just any random shit would happen on the road and he'd be like, only in Canada, baby! <laughs> <laughs> and hoovy was really fun too and there was like different times with a lot of the kind of legends as i'll call them Mm -hmm. um that we would be like hey can you watch our match and give us like some feedback on it so some Mm. of the things that they kind of shared with me were really like really influential in just kind of developing and growing going forward yeah so that was always cool be like oh my gosh hoovy's watching my match right now taking notes yikes but yeah, we'd come back through the curtain and they'd uh, do the normal like kind of shit sandwich where you're like, oh, you could have worked on this or this didn't really go over or it looks like you messed up this here. And then they'd be like, well, this was really good and this was really good. And then more, more shit at the end of the sandwich. But <laughs> I, you need to hear the bad. I, I feel like as m- much as if not more than the good stuff. Well, that's how
0: you'll develop. That's
1: how you're going to develop and get better and grow. Mm-hmm. It's all well and good if you want to pump my tires and tell me that spot was amazing and you popped. But, like, tell me where I can get better. So, lots of fun stuff. Oh, I want to wrestle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. Did you do any other sort of, like, martial arts or anything beforehand?
1: No. I think I'd done, like, a few kickboxing classes. And I did a little bit. I'm trying to remember. I was, I was still pretty young. I was probably, like, 10 or 12. And I was doing some some sort of martial arts whether it was like a taekwondo or and i was seeing a guy for like the the main part of my 20s and he was really into jujitsu so like we'd be watching ufc and then the next thing you know he'd have me on the floor like showing me the hold and like all these different things so like i've got a very tiny tiny little bit but i'd almost like to in the process of me kind of fixing these issues with my back and like taking my chiropractor's advice and doing these little things here and there that should give me way less muscle pain. And then hopefully I shouldn't be slipping discs every time I take a bump. Um, I'd like to work in a little bit more actual, like martial arts, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: not going to like shoot punch anybody in the face is still going to use my work punch and just as long as they sell it for me and make it look real good we're, <laughs> we're fine but yeah i would like to do a little bit more just like different holds and like submissions and stuff
0: mm-hmm. give you a little more background in it
1: yeah for sure instead of just flopping around and <laughs> hoping it looks good
0: <laughs> do you ever watch a wrestling from japan
1: i have watched a little bit i definitely want to go back and watch like all of the new Japan. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But um, I'm kind of out of the loop. I feel like since I stopped wrestling, I was pretty hard into AEW for a while. And then um, I just kind of got out of it. I don't know why. It was like I was like super hard into it. And then CM Punk came back on my birthday last year, two years ago. And it was like the best birthday present of my life. I literally have videos on my phone of me like losing my shit, crying because CM Punk came back on my birthday. (laughs) Best in the world. Oh, I just loved him. He's absolutely amazing. Have you met him? Um, I haven't met him. I've met Colt Cabana a couple times, though. Mm-hmm. um, And he's absolutely hilarious. And it's like, he's Punky's best friend. So just a couple degrees of separation there, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I've worked with Colt a couple times. And I'd actually gone to a couple shows because I was seeing somebody in the wrestling business. And they were working with um, Impact. Okay. So I had gone to a couple shows a few summers ago and it was just crazy being there with like John Morrison and like Taya Valkyrie was there and like there was just all these amazing wrestlers and like I'm just like in the back room just hanging out like it was pretty crazy. I didn't get to build any like crazy relationships with any of them because like. I was just there as a guest. Yeah, I had my gear in my bag every trip I took, just in case. (laughs) Scott, you need me to wrestle? Dope. I'm I'm ready, while slightly shitting my pants a little bit. (laughs) But yeah, there was a lot of fun at those shows. But yeah it's funny when you were saying about like making signs and going to wrestling shows Mm -hmm. my brother's actually going to Toronto to see the AEW show in June or July Mm -hmm. and this is like a little bit of an overshare but it's funny um I always call him princess and he calls me teehee because whenever we used to smoke together back in the day I would laugh and I'd be like teehee Um, So yeah, he's called me Teehee for the last like 20 years probably. And he was saying how when he goes to that AEW show, he wants to make a sign that says Teehee 316. (laughs) 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 And I was thinking, I'm like, dude, because like I made my own merch shirts, like those shirts behind you that I brought for you. I made those because I'm a very crafty lady and I can make lots of cool stuff. So I was like, dude, why don't I just like hack the font off the interwebs and I'll make you a T-shirt that says Teehee 316 in like the right font and the white on black T-shirt. And then you can make a really dope sign and still have a sign. And he's like, that would be flippin' sweet. Definitely do that. So, I'll probably do that this week sometime just so I don't procrastinate it any longer. Forget on I'm gonna it. I'm going to track down that font and steal it from the interwebs.
0: Fair enough. But How did you go about this? Just a, a vinyl print? On?
1: Yeah. So, I have like a Cricut. Um, Vinyl cutting machine and then you just go into your design program that comes with it and you just kind of work on your design until you have it to a point that you're happy with. And then the Cricut cuts out the vinyl and then you just kind of heat transfer it onto shirts. Mm-hmm. So if you ever need any merch, holler at your girl. I got you. <laughs>
0: and did you do... The black is separate. Was that yeah. a separate layer from the, the white? I guess. Yeah. The so the too. white
1: is one layer and then yeah. the black on that one is another layer. But on the... Oh, I thought it was a black t-shirt. But now I'm looking and it looks oh, like it's navy yep. but that one is a two layer as well oh. so i cut out the white and then put the red on it yeah okay. but since that red t-shirt already you know was red easy then. but yes you're more than welcome to either or both of those if you want a, a bigger one and a smaller one i got you they've just been sitting in my gear bag for two years not being used with my sweaty knee pads so oh is that what hopefully that they're is? not hopefully they're not <laughs> stinky <laughs> Them before I packed my bag up and tucked it in my
0: closet. Well, thank you very much.
1: <laughs> You're most welcome.
0: Oh, <sighs> cool. All right.
1: So, what else are we going to talk about other than wrestling?
0: I don't know. What do you <laughs> want to talk about? What's uh, what's life like outside of wrestling these days?
1: Um, well, these days, um, I'm not really doing too much. And of course, like COVID was really bad for wrestling because we couldn't get in venues and we couldn't do shows. So there was like a weird couple kind of like layoffs for COVID. Mm-hmm. And then I just feel like since things got going back up again, I was only wrestling for like three or four or five months until I got hurt. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, I'd come back for that little bit of time, but I actually started like a small handmade business, which is the other goodies that I brought you. Oh, okay. Um, So I started like the small handmade business. And other than that, I pretty much just stay home and like watch sports and, Drink some beers and yell yeah. at the TV. <laughs> I'm not as crazy into sports as I was before. COVID kind of killed like my mm. sports obsession. Like, football is my absolute favorite. I will still get down with some football on a Sunday, Monday, or Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> but I like haven't watched hockey at all this year. But like, my Bruins are like number one best in the league, projected to potentially win the cup. So, but yeah, I just usually like watch sports or like watch stand up or watch YouTubes or. Mm-hmm. Hang out at my house, make stuff.
0: Yeah, so... Eat food. (laughs) Your handmade stuff. Is soap?
1: Yeah, I make soap and bath bombs and, like, lotion and different scrubs. And I'm dabbling a little bit in skincare and, like, lip balm and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, because I kind of got into minimalism and veganism within the same couple months during the pandemic. And once you educate yourself on certain companies and how they run stuff and like the testing on animals and the, just being like shady overall, Mm -hmm. it makes it really hard to buy like the essential things you need to like clean and maintain your body. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I was like, Oh, just like everything else in life. Like I used to make my own wrestling gear. And when I get back to wrestling, I'll still make my own gear because I love to sew and it's so much fun. Um, but yeah, it was just like anything else in life. I was like, well, I don't want to pay somebody to do that for me or like research all these companies and figure out where I can like ethically buy soap. <laughs> <laughs> so I just learned how to do it myself. And I have my my old bedroom in my apartment. I sleep in the living room now. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's like a big sleepover room. Yeah. Um, I just made the studio or I made the bedroom into the studio because it's the only bedroom room in the apartment with a door other than the bathroom and i need to keep the fur baby safe while i'm playing with lie and scary things so yeah i just gutted my bedroom and i sleep in the living room and i make soap in in the studio so it's a lot of fun dope but yeah just like anything else i was like well i'm not gonna pay anybody else to do this i'll just get on the struggle bus and learn myself Yeah. yeah Did you make
0: any wrestling gear for other wrestlers?
1: I made two things. I made a long pair of tights for um, a guy that I was working with in Edmonton, son of Irish. Um, I made a pair of tights for him. He literally just gave me like a shitty pair of like Hot Topic leggings that he was wearing. And I just like kind of hacked them apart and made a pattern off of that and then made his gear off of said pattern. Because mm-hmm. it's really easy to clone things. Like if you already like the fit of a certain shirt or or whatever it is, then you just make a pattern out of it and then you just keep cloning that over and over again. And then I'd made a pattern on the fly for KB6, also who I worked with, oh, in this part of the country. And um, he ended up being so happy with it that, that he ended up kind of using what I made him Cause I had just traced like an old pair of his trunks. And then I did like all the decals myself and got the cricket to cut everything Mm -hmm. out. And he actually learned how to sew himself. And he used that initial pair that I made him as his template going forward. So it'd be nice to have a a customer out of it and make gear. But if I'm all about, if you can learn it yourself, you might as well do it. Like all the power to you. And I think, I think son of Irish. I think he actually did that as well. Or at least he's been using the ones I made him as a template to do other gear. He might be making his own tights and then just sourcing like the the decals or decorations elsewhere. But
0: So I was always curious about the boots and where people find those.
1: Um, I ordered mine from I think it's R D wrestling boots or R D Boots and it was a father and son company. I'm not sure I know the father, I'm blanking on his name. I think it was like Ron. Yeah, I think it was Ron and Don actually, hence RD, RD <laughs> Boots. I could be mistaken. If I am, I'm so sorry. Um, But yeah, it was like a Canadian company and it was a father and son. And they just did custom wrestling boots or they had some on their website just to buy. Like you can go on high spots and just buy a generic pair of boots. Okay. Pretty much as long as you know your size and there's like size guides on there that you can measure. But I actually like did all the custom measurements of my feet and they actually made me a really dope pair. Even though the whole time I wrestled, all I ever wanted to wear was chucks. And actually the last like year or so that I was wrestling, I just wore chucks. Mm -hmm. Like it's not as amazing in keeping your feet healthy and safe. Um, but it just, it's me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, for the character I had to do it it's it's literally me as a human and thusly me as my character so and I had like all the colors so whenever I made gear I'd have like a Matching. coordinating pair of Chuckies <laughs> I couldn't help myself but I got in my head early on and I was like well I can't be my actual name because there's already a page mm-hmm. Miss Knight just stole my name um, so I was like oh I got in my head and I, I couldn't be Paige so then I ended up like shortening my my middle name into Alex Zwicker. Uh, I initially wrestled as Miss Gia. I was actually just Gia. And then when I was wrestling with that guy in, um, New Brunswick, mm-hmm. he actually changed it to like Miss Gia. Cause he wanted to play off the whole, like Miss Elizabeth kind of thing mm-hmm. who I always absolutely loved. I just thought she was the most beautiful creature ever. And like her and Macho Man just loved them. Um, <laughs> But yeah, then I think I was doing this like country character for a couple years (laughs) and I switched it to like GMA (laughs) because the promoter wanted to call me Holly, the farmer's daughter and just like, (laughs) just like changed my name and didn't tell me like straight up, put it on a poster and was like who is that? That's supposed to be me. I didn't authorize this name change. So then I just ended up being really silly and just being GMA.
0: <laughs> How long did that character last?
1: That lasted probably six months or a year. And I had done a little bit of like intergender with that too. Like mm-hmm. I was the girl heel wrestling the guy babyface, oh, okay. And like we would wrestle in this bar in Dartmouth, I think. Yeah, in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. And we <laughs> I still don't understand the actual rules of this match because nobody ever really explained it to me, but we had a strip poker match, and that was really weird. Because <laughs> he's literally wearing one piece. He's wearing his, like, tights. Yeah. And I've got my Daisy Dukes on and my wife beater and my scarf that I tied around my neck. And I So still, he just needs
0: to lose one hand. <laughs> right.
1: Like, I still don't understand the premise or moreover, the, the point of that match. But yeah, that was that was the thing I did. I think I suplexed him on the bar floor that night. Oof. <laughs> Never been suplexed on the floor, but suplexed a few people on the floor.
0: <laughs> Fair enough.
1: Good times. <laughs> <laughs> and then I kind of like rebranded and I went from like just wearing like shoddy, whatever I could throw together gear... To, like, learning how to make my own gear. And then I kind of came back as the character that people would know now. So I'm just going to keep adding layers. Building it. And just keep building her up. (laughs) Develop. Yep.
0: So what's in store for her next, if we where's
1: that? Well, getting better, that's for sure. <laughs> Making it so that cuz even since I hurt myself and that disc was kind of popped back into place, I still have crazy pain in like my lower back. Mm-hmm. And when I went to see my chiropractor cuz of course I procrastinate things sometimes for seemingly no reason, and I don't know why I do that, but I still haven't learned my lesson. Um, and I knew as soon as I reached out to be like, hey, can you help me troubleshoot? What's going on? Like, I still have a lot of pain, and it comes out of nowhere. Like, I'll be standing at work, and I'll just get, like, a shooting pain down my leg. And he's like, heck yeah, come in Sunday after I close, and we'll work on you. So he worked on me for, like, two hours, and we realized that it's, like, my IT band's really tight. hmm and my SI joint needs to be like rolled out and stretched and whatnot. So he kind of prescribed me some some different stretches and a few little things that I can do. Like just like getting fresh insoles for my shoes, which he had recommended to me before. And I just wore them probably six months too long until I got a new pair.
0: Yeah.
1: And he also told me, and it just pains me to say, he told me to get Crocs.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Because they're literally built like they're designed to keep your feet healthy.
0: Ah, uh-huh. I did not know that.
1: And as ugly as they are, I did something yesterday I never thought I'd do and that was order a pair of Crocs. <laughs> because when I'm at home, I literally just wear my Chucks and then of course like my floors are constantly dirty between me wearing my shoes in the house mm-hmm. and th- four fluffy animals and yeah. like hay for the bunny. It's literally everywhere. <laughs> But I was just like, I've been wanting to get like a decent pair of slippers for a while. And I was just like, well, I'll get these fuzz-lined Crocs and not wear them further than the porch. Because <laughs> I will judge myself. Because Crocs are not fashion and they are not style. So. And they're not chucks. No.
0: Moreover. But at this point in your life, they are necessity.
1: They are. Doctor. <laughs> doctor recommended. So I spent $80 on a pair of shoes I hate yesterday. Uh. But if they're going to help my muscles and help my feet and just give me like a better quality of life and enable me to put spandex on and fall down with tons of makeup on, I will do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's funny when you describe it like that. That's, this is what is actually happening right now.
1: I'm pretty much wearing underpants and I'm fighting for a belt with no pants.
0: Have you ever been <laughs> in, like in a match and thought, what am I doing right now? A Couple
1: times. <laughs> couple times that like deer in a head moment light that happens when the bell rings and I seem to forget everything that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know why that is. I'll feel super comfortable going into it and then the bell rings and I'm like, what am I doing? (laughs) Where are we going? I'm lost. Oh, man. But yeah, definitely a few moments. There's been like some battle royals that I've been involved in and it's literally just like as a filler spot. Mm -hmm. Like I just go in, throw a couple shots and one of the boys throws me out. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's just... To have another body in the ring. Um, But yeah, there's been a few moments that's like, what am I doing? Why did I decide to do this? Like, why did I think this was a good idea? (laughs) But it's just too much fun. And I'm still that little girl that loved wrestling. So can't help it. I miss it. I miss it a lot.
0: Keep going back for it.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I feel like getting healthy, getting strong enough, fixing these like messed up muscles that i seem to be plagued by the last couple years and then i'm just gonna as i'm starting to think that i might be able to get back in the ring i'm just gonna go through the contacts on my phone and like message some promoters and be like you got a spot for me sucker? i'm ready coming to get my belt back because <laughs> i had to relinquish my belt when i got hurt mm-hmm. so coming to get my belt back
0: oh so you didn't even lose it in a fair fashion no nope just reality
1: just life (laughs) being old and falling down and it hurting me (laughs) but yeah like to tie back to your question from before like when would i kind of like hang them up i feel like as long as i was healthy enough and like my body was in like good enough and like good enough shape and like being properly maintained and Continuing to kind of get adjustments and massages and like stretch these muscles out so they're not like tightening up on me and causing me all this pain. Mm-hmm. I would wrestle until I was like 45 or 50. Like I said, it would just be like way less. Yeah. Like no six week long tours and sleeping on floors and.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it would just your, be way less. It's very much, it seems like it's very much a part of your being.
1: 100%. Like yeah. I said, I grew up that wrestling kid in the 90s watching wrestling with my older brother and I just loved it. Like I remember. <laughs> I remember when the Montreal screw job happened Mm -hmm. and that like literally ruined my life. Like I didn't watch (laughs) wrestling for like two years after that. Like I was heartbroken. Like shoot, heartbroken. I I gave up on wrestling for a hot minute after that. Cause to me then it was absolutely 100% real, not choreographed, not planned out ahead of time, Mm -hmm. not anything, not sports entertainment. It was wrestling. It's real. Oh, Yeah, that broke me.
0: (laughs) Do you have a favorite match that you've watched?
1: Oh, man. See, and it goes back to that, like, I remember certain, like, feelings. Yeah. Not necessarily, like, this date, this venue, this show, these wrestlers, this spot. Um. I definitely really loved watching, like, Bret Hart Mm -hmm. and Shawn Michaels. Like, I loved Shawn Michaels. Like, I thought I was going to marry him when I was 10. (laughs) Like, I loved him. Sweet chin music. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. But a favorite match. That's a tricky one. Because there's, like, newer wrestling and older wrestling. Mm -hmm. And, like, wrestling from before I was even born that I'm privy to. And... Oh, that's a tricky one. That's a tricky one. I do remember like my first wrestling memory though. Okay. It was, I'm pretty sure it was a SummerSlam and (laughs) HBK was being managed by Sensational Sherry and I think he was wrestling, oh, see, and I just remember being so blown away by her outfit and this couple spots that they did that I'm blanking on who they wrestled, but... It was the SummerSlam. I'm pretty darn sure it was SummerSlam. I could be wrong. I'll be the first to admit if I am. Um, But she had on that, like, white jumpsuit, and, like, the ass was cut out in the shape of a heart. (laughs) And I just remember, like, her just being so ridiculously healy and, like, in the other guy's face and, like, all the crazy shit that Shawn Michaels would do, like hanging up on the ropes and coming back in and like I just remember different like storylines and how stuff made me feel and I'm an emotional creature I have a lot of feelings so there's a lot of room for me to feel a lot of things when it comes to wrestling Mm -hmm. (laughs) but definitely like some favorite wrestlers I can't like off the top of my head say like absolute favorite match like I loved watching Ric Flair Mm -hmm. and like Roddy Piper like he made it cool to like the bad guys yeah like loved him so good. So good. What about you? What are some of your favorite matches, favorite wrestlers?
0: Honestly, it's shitty because uh, I was a big Chris Benoit fan.
1: Oh, I was going to mention him.
0: Right? And oh. I when he went from SmackDown to Raw yep. and Evolution was, like, yes. harassing him and shit, I loved everything that was going on because oh. he there was some wild stuff happening. You know, you know it. Flying headbutts off the top right? of the, off a cage. Like...
1: Mental. Or
0: uh Kurt Angle's salt off a cage. Yes. Kurt Angle was dope too.
1: He uh, was.
0: You know, like...
1: Whenever I think of him now, all I can think of... <laughs> I'm just a sexy Kurt. Sexy <laughs> Kurt. Yes, I'll make your ankle hurt. <laughs> it's so good. It just gives me uh, life. I love it. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think that was a big... That was probably because definitely watched it as a kid and had those moments watching it with my dad yep but yeah i think uh, what would that have been like early 2000s like 2005 yeah, six that time, time. Evolution. Yeah. yeah that checks out um so yeah booker t at the time oh, super yeah, dope king booker for a little yes, while yes like- <laughs>
1: Booker T. I actually met him at a training school in Texas a couple summers ago. Oh yeah? Yeah, he was awesome. What's he like? Just like you'd expect. Like I don't even know what else to say. (laughs) Like he just seems like Booker. Like he's he was really nice because like I was doing a little bit of training there and like Mm he'd give me like a couple pointers here and there and like same thing, like shit sandwich, like work on this, but this was good. And like But yeah, he was he was wicked nice. But yeah, King Booker was dope. Yeah. And just how everything went down with Chris Benoit. Like, I still don't know how I feel about that. Like part of me wants to like, let my inner conspiracy theorist come out and be like, no, it was Kevin Sullivan that did that. Like he was married to Nancy before, but like it was probably just wicked bad CTE and he just fricking snapped. And it's so sad.
0: Yeah. That's it. And I think what frustrates me about it's like, you like, you don't hear of him anymore. Like he was just like excommunicated. Yeah, no, erased. Yeah, because I remember the it was the Monday Night Raw following that, and they had like a tribute to him and his family. Eddie. Then, Ed, and then everything <laughs> came out. Oh my gosh, Eddie Guerrero. Eddie, so oh, good. That guy, what a showman.
1: Unreal. <laughs> Latino <laughs> heat.
0: Lie, cheat, and steal. Yeah, baby. Beth, I love it. Ah. Uh,
1: Oh, and that like emotional friggin' tribute that he gave, like they were besties. Mm -hmm. Oh, it makes me so sad. And we actually, me and my brother always used to actually love watching them wrestle each other Yep. because (laughs) my dad looks like Eddie Guerrero and our stepdad looks like Chris Benoit. (laughs) So it was like our dads were fighting on TV and like flying headbutts at each other. Like it was dope. Oh man. But yeah, Eddie was unreal. I think I did a little tour with Chavo at some point too. I'm just kind of blanking on if that was out here or if maybe that was like at an impact show or something. But yeah, definitely had a little bit of a couple run-ins with him.
0: Yeah. And then I guess it would have been WrestleMania 20 where Eddie won and Chris. Chris won the world heavyweight and Eddie got the WWE championship. Oh, Oh, man.
1: Eddie was so good. Yeah. Unreal. (laughs) Oh, Latino heat.
0: And what what was that? Was that a drug overdose? Or? I
1: think he had like a massive heart, heart attack, attack yeah. or something, which could have been brought on by yeah. any number of cool. things. But even I'm always. sure potentially steroids or any other drugs he would have done in the past. That definitely could have been a factor. Yeah. Like when you think of the amount of talent that we lost, just just in the wrestling world alone, not even like music and like acting. And like it's it's absolutely wild. Yeah. Like, and Bushwhacker Luke just passed, I think, last week or the week before. Very sad. Very sad. And Lanny, my bestie, always messages me with bad news. He's like, I know you don't social media, and I hate to be the one to break your heart, but this happened, and I'm like, oh, damn it.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it seemed, I definitely lost my uh, interest for it after all that kind of shitty stuff happened. I was like, it... It kind of killed my childhood. It makes it too real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It makes it... it
1: way too real. Like, oh, this terrible stuff is happening. I just want to see like the flippy dippiness and people cutting promos and like yeah, it does make it too real. Like I said, it's it was like your screw job for me. Yeah. Because like I watched the screw job and it broke me. Like I didn't watch wrestling for like two
0: years. Yeah. See, oh and, and that Eddie match for the WWE championship, because that was against Kurt Angle. Yep. Yeah, and he loosened off his boot, and Kurt went for the, yes! <laughs> for the ankle lock, and then he rolled him up, wasn't it? I think, I think so. Oh, oh I want to watch
1: that match later after I take the kids home from school. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. PM bus run, watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to get caught back up on AEW, because it's so much fun. Like, they're doing such a good job over there. Like, I've been out of the loop the last probably like six or eight months, but... And it's cool because anybody that gets let go from the Fed, they just hire at AEW. So you get to see your favorites with AEW.
0: Is TNA Flippin still tweet. a thing? Or did
1: I think it kind of morphed into Impact. Oh, okay, I could okay. be mistaken. I'm wrong a lot and not too proud to admit it. I think it might have maybe morphed into Impact. Okay. Because didn't Dixie own
0: TNA?
1: I no I'm not sure. I know a lot of stuff when it comes to wrestling and things in general, but I second guess myself a lot. So I'm like, mm, no, that's fair. not sure. <laughs> but yeah, I think it morphed into impact or it just died and then impact kind of rose. But cool. I was pretty heavy into the impact for a while. And yeah, AEW was just like incredible. I would like PVR it on my TV box every week because i always worked wednesday nights at the bar and i could just never actually catch it live Mm -hmm. but yeah i actually have to do that this week and because i'm already feeling ever since you were like i want to wrestle like interview you and talk some wrestling and i'm like well i've just been thinking of all these wrestling things and having all this nostalgia and like thinking about old matches and so yeah i'll have to reinvigorate my love for wrestling again It's like almost like I've been avoiding it because it makes me sad and then it makes me feel like something's wrong with me because I can't get better to go fall down again. So I miss it. So thank you for that.
0: (laughs) Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. I might see you out there and have no idea who you are.